This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. Everybody, my name is Ron Ecstasy, and this is Blue Men Group. I'm with my co-hosts Devin Welsh and John Bedren. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Um, we are are here and live uh, in your ears. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. Let's go to compliments. Um, I will start, Devin. What is up, my man? I would like to compliment you that um, we talk on the phone once in a while, like every every few days during the week, mm-hmm. and it's always easy to get in touch with you. And that's, I think, that compliment where I can say, "Hey, Devin, uh, I'm going to be going out. Do you want to talk on the phone?" You say, "Sure," and then I give you a call, and I think that's spectacular. Um, so that's a compliment, uh, John. Um, my compliment to you uh, this week is. Um, not as easy to get in touch with, but, um, <laughs> I admire how like, uh, hidden you can be sometimes. Thank and, you. uh, and, um, I think that's very cool. Um, I think you're a very cool guy. I like you a lot as a friend. Um, <laughs> and that's about it. Ron has to often clarify what our relationship is <laughs> as a friend, my benefit as a friend. This is a friend. Yeah. Um, well, I'd like to just uh, take charge here now and, and compliment both of you boys. Similarly, mm-hmm. you are both very easy to to to, uh, to be in touch with. Oh, you guys thanks. are constantly sending messages. The feed is always going. Yeah, we've constantly got you know a river flowing feed. that I can always just yes feed dip my toes in whenever I want to. And and if I don't want to, if I want to hide out for a couple of days, you guys don't you know you don't ask where I am or what I'm you doing, which it. is very appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, I, uh, um, you're very, very mysterious guy. Um, <laughs> you can disappear for days at a time and, um, you know, no questions okay. asked, no yeah. questions asked. We don't, we don't, we don't want to know what you're up to. We don't, uh, <laughs> cause we're we friends press. and, uh, that's why, that's why we love you. And, uh, and Ron, um, mm-hmm. always very easy to get in touch with. Um, a little too easy. Yeah. Uh, calling you often good to talk on the phone um Mm -hmm. we both have dogs so we go out and walk the dog and we talk on the phone yep so um that's a good thing okay well that was spectacular and exciting that was one of the most that was the most high energy compliment section we've done (laughs) i think it was um but hey guys i want to get straight into the show because listen we have a jam-packed show today we have uh look i'm going down the roster of things that we have to do today we've got uh ads throwing throwing those ads out the window we're not doing any ads today (laughs) yeah and uh we've got interviews we've got uh phone calls coming in so ron aren't you worried that the the man is going to be mad at us for throwing out those ad reads listen the man's always going to be mad at us john we are Blue Men Group, and uh, we have many online enemies. All right, let's go into one of my favorite um, segments that we do this week week in history. 1997, scientists in Scotland say they have cloned the first mammal from an adult cell, a lamb they call Dolly. Six years later, Dolly is put to death after premature (laughs) aging and disease mar her short existence. Oh, no. (laughs) Right as it started, I was like, oh, I wonder what Dolly's up to now. And then immediately after I had that thought, it's like Dolly died from a skateboarding accident or whatever. Dolly Um, was like, please kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Dolly died a short time later after flying too close to the sun and being perverted <laughs> by science's perverted reach. Yeah, uh, Dolly put up its th- uh, seventh arm and said, uh, please kill me right now. I'm um, not to be living. <laughs> but yeah, I remember Dolly. I remember yeah. riding in a car when I was young, listening on the radio, and they were talking about Dolly. 
Yeah. And it seemed like a big thing at the time. It did. Yeah. Because it was the big ethics. Uh, it, it, it was like cloning just became between 1997. So that's when this this was in like 2000. If you'll remember the uh, there was in Quebec, actually, and on um, December 31st, 1999, a cult in Quebec said that they cl- uh, cloned a human. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of the name of the of the cult right now, but the media bought that and it was in the news for like weeks. They're like, are they going to show this human that they cloned? Because yeah. three years beforehand, Dolly got cloned. So then everyone believed that like <laughs> it was legit and you could clone anything. They were so ready to make that leap. Yeah. And I remember cloning was like always on the news in yeah. this, this yeah. time period. I feel like yeah. I had a middle school like science textbook that had cloning as like one of those like bold sub chapters. Yeah, and it was really just like they cloned Dolly. Will they clone again? <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Not then then seven years later. So this was all within that sweet spot of Dolly's life. That seven beautiful seven years that Dolly lived that we we De- believed in, defiance in cloning. Of God. It was yeah. like Dolly, Y2K, 9-11, and then Dolly yeah. was put to death. And <laughs> yeah. It was a weird time. Yeah. I'm like the yeah, I remember having to sort of integrate the concept of clones yes. when I was at at that age. Yeah. And the idea of, oh, like if I'm cloned, like what does that mean? Do I am I replicated as I am now? Or right. I'm right. born like the clone is born as a baby and then grows to be just like me? It was right. always talked about at school. Like, would you clone yourself? Like, is the clone me? Am I same, the same as the clone? Would I attack of the clones? The clone? When yeah. was that? Yes, I when don't was know. Thousand something. Who knows? Anyway, Dolly. <laughs> I was uh, I was into um, Dolly uh, as as a as a lamb sheep. What is that? That's a sheep. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it sucks. We're looking at a photo of of Dolly absolutely beautiful creature beautiful animal um in 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 defiance of god by the way as john john mentioned um purely uh scientists playing playing god here i wonder yeah. like the the lead scientist on on this project that would be interesting that's somebody we should be talking to is the mm-hmm. lead scientist on the dolly project what are they up to it's probably some like uh vincent price looking guy who yeah. has like some sort of <laughs> satanic I know <laughs> altar with candles and he wears like a swishy cape when he's like yeah. doing science. <laughs> yeah. The things we don't know about Dolly. I would, I would love to read a book about Dolly or have it read to me. Do they have, um, do you think Dolly's cells um, like stored like in an archival way? Mm-hmm. Do you they think have, now that they can do uh, like meat grown from cells that they could grow Dolly meat and we could eat Dolly? Ooh. Did yeah, Dolly, if, did Dolly have offspring? Is there a genetic lineage that is traced back to Dolly? Golly, golly, um, Dolly Parton, no, Dolly, Wood. Uh, Dolly the Sheep, Wiki. So I'm just looking this up. Listen, this is a you know how the show goes. I look things up as we go. Um, first mammal cloned from an adult somatic cell, obviously using the process of nuclear transfer. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, <laughs> Dolly is der- the name um, is derived from a mammary gland cell, and we couldn't think of a more impressive pair of glands than Dolly Parton's. Oh, oh my wow. god! Wow, um, so it's a it's a so breast joke. It's a joke about Dolly Parton's breasts. Yeah. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Those scientists, I tell you, horny as hell. Okay, so. Uh, uh, the, the, so the type of sheep had a life expectancy of 11 to 12 years. Obviously, Dolly lived six and a half years. A postmortem examination showed that she had a form of lung cancer. Hopefully, she wasn't smoking cigarettes. I don't know if uh, animals like this can smoke cigarettes or do smoke cigarettes, but that would be <laughs> terrible if they did. It says that they put Dolly down on Valentine's Day. Oh, God. So cruel. Ew. All right, this is this is depressing me. <laughs> yeah, Let's sorry, move on. sorry, Devin. But um, this is Dolly. We love you. Good luck, or you're you're dead. Whatever. Okay. Um, very interesting week in history. Yeah, yeah and very interesting week in history. All right, let's go uh, to see what is in the news. New news. All right, so we're still in Scotland, everybody. We're still this in Edinburgh. Is... I think it's both both stories. 
Yeah, Edinburgh. Okay, so we're we're here. Um, Dolly, we've just put Dolly down. <laughs> seven, whatever many years ago, two thousand three, whatever. Okay, uh, this is fucked up. Edinburgh woman bit off man's tongue in street brawl. Brawl, excuse me. Before Siegel swooped down and ate it. So this is another, um, this is continuing in a theme that's going to course through this episode, which is animals and uh, animalistic types of behaviors. Yeah. So again, this is, picture yourself downtown Edinburgh, okay? Um, And unfortunately, right in front of you is a street attack, okay? And this um this this victim of the street attack had a large chunk of his tongue bitten off by a female thug. Okay, that is not my terminology. That is the uh, yeah. the newspaper of and note. They, and they the keep a- using that term. Yeah, the Edinburgh <laughs> Evening News apparently <laughs> comes out in, at night. Um, so James McKenzie, a good Scottish boy, it sounds like, uh, spat out a piece of his tongue. Onto the street after <laughs> Bethany Ryan, 27, had ripped it uh, ripped it off with her teeth during an incident. Some fucking incident, if you ask Ron, me. Ron is yeah. turning like a werewolf into his, his Scottish. I know. Uh, I'm trying so not like to. coming yeah. out. No, I'm no. Give, it, give, it, give us the rest of it in your Scottish. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think it's like real Scottish from people who... Okay. Just do the, the fake then, Scottish. Then flew down and grabbed the muscle making off before the injured man could retrieve it. <laughs> Prosecutor okay. Susan Dixon said the pair clashed as they, that now it's turning Irish, uh, passed each other. <laughs> Just uh, let it flow, let it flow. On Leith Walk around, around <laughs> 8 p.m. On August, wait, this is August 1st, 2019. Why, so guess, why am I just seeing this? I think because the trial just uh, wrapped oh, up. Got yes, it. Yes. Got it. That's go. right. That's right. Justice okay. moves slowly but surely. Yes. Um, and Miss Dixon said uh, the pair were strangers, but an argument developed between them. Still, we have no idea what this was about. Uh, the court heard Ryan had tried to walk away from the confrontation. The fiscal said Mackenzie, it must be like the judge or something, said Mackenzie continued to be aggressive towards Ryan as he approached uh, and again with a clenched fist. Miss Dixon said, Miss Ryan, somewhat oddly responded to that by pushing him on the body and kissing him. Hmm. Hmm. Um, A very strange thing to do when you're in the middle, when you're in a fight with a stranger uh, in public. When you realize that the person you're fighting is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That's what he thought. Be- well, because, okay, keep reading, but I have like an interesting okay. question. Um, yeah. So she kissed him on the lips. And during the course of that, she bit through his tongue, which caused a piece of his tongue to be removed. <laughs> Mr. McKenzie walked off and spat the part of his tongue out. At which point, the piece of muscle was picked up by a large seagull that made off with a piece of tongue. <laughs> Possibly to clone him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's taking it to that that horny Dolly Parton doctor who's yeah. like, uh, he's like, yeah, give me that tongue. I would love that. You want to make uh, a human Dolly? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to lick me. Yeah, one um, of this, this is one of his like satanic seagull assistants that he sends <laughs> out into the city. Yeah. Satanic seagull assistant. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. All right. Mr. McKenzie walked off. And, oh, no, I already read that. Um, the fiscal told the court the chunk of tongue bitten off was approximately two centimeters by three centimeters in size. That's... Pretty it's big. Pretty, that's a massive piece of that's your tongue chunk. to be missing. Yeah. yeah. Like it could, that could affect your speech, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan was later arrested by the police and McKenzie attended hospital for treatment where the laceration to his tongue was said to be oozing blood. Hmm. <laughs> what a detail. Bitten off tongue is bleeding. <laughs> was oh said to God. be oozing blood. Yeah. <laughs> Useless contribution. Imagine. Yeah. I could imagine how much blood would be. Okay, so um, the fiscal added he did not require surgery given the piece of tongue was no longer available and could not be reattached. <laughs> he did not require surgery because we don't have the tongue. <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, so Ryan pleaded guilty to assaulting James McKenzie by pushing him on, on the body, kissing him and biting off a part of his tongue. What does pushing him on the body mean? Uh, you know, just like a chest push uh, thing. It's a Scottish it's, uh, it's legal, legal term. Yeah, it's mm. Scottish legal <laughs> jargon. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, it's the severe injury and permanent disfigurement at Leith Walk, Edinburgh, on August 1st. 2019 so this i listen i'm not trying i'm not trying to say like you need to keep your eyes out when you're when you're hanging out in scotland but or edinburgh but just please just keep your tongue in your mouth for female thugs yeah Yeah. the crazy part to me is so they're fighting and then Mm -hmm. she she responds to um approaching with a clenched fist and then um she kisses him on the lips but then how he must have he must have like uh he must have kissed back yeah he forgot that he was mad at her and he yeah. thought oh well this is nice he must yeah. have yeah he must but, have kissed back and then done well not only did he tongue. kiss back he stuck his tongue yeah into they were her making mouth. out they were making out you can't fish a tongue out with your teeth of no. someone else's mouth no. So this almost seems like there's kind of a hidden story here of maybe the Ryan guy is like tried to slip some tongue in. And then she's like, no, 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 you can't do that. Like, you disgusting freak. And then she bit his tongue. And then now she's the yeah the criminal. Let's t- let's have a conversation about uh, him shoving his tongue down her throat. Well, see, I read this as her tricking him. To mm. yeah, she tri- yeah, it yeah, seems tricking to me him. like a feint almost. Yeah, mm. but then like, wh- why would he go along with it? It's like she yeah. suddenly <laughs> wants to kiss him, and then he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah." <laughs> well, it says he's twenty-seven. He's lonely. So he's, he's lonely. He's single. Yeah, he's in a fight with this woman, and then maybe it's like, oh, maybe it's a flirtatious type of fight, mm-hmm. and then she suddenly decides, oh, you know, he's quite attractive, and then they start making out with tongue. And then she yeah. bites his tongue off. Yeah. Very, very tough situation. And then uh, presumably the seagull thought that it was a piece of meat that he could eat, which I guess yes. it was. Yes, it was. It was. Maybe Muscle. like a hot dog or, yeah, maybe they have, do they have cow's tongue tacos in Scotland? Sure. Um, taste you back. So the the thing with like, uh, th- that that probably would have been a huge score for that uh, that seagull, by the way, like, bringing that back to the nest or back to like wherever it's in the McDonald's parking lot. It lives at like the cove it, where all the seagulls congregate. Yeah. That would be huge. They'd be like, where the fuck did you get that? And he's like, listen, you're not going to believe it. Big fight went down on a uh, Leith walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys should check it out. There's tongue. There's a potential lawsuit happening on the fiscal's not there <laughs> anyway um, also presumably these seagulls are so used to body parts falling off of uh, scottish people when they get into street fights that they hang around waiting for them to, yeah. to shed something that they can scoop up yeah, yeah they're, this, they're trained it might not have been the first uh, piece of human flesh the seagulls tasted which is concerning because that means that the seagulls in the scott scotland are they have a taste for human blood yes mm-hmm. and they like it Yes. <clears throat> and once Listen, an the, animal gets a taste for human blood, it's it's all over, folks. Once yeah. a bird gets a taste of anything, I think that they're like in it. They're into it for like a long time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like who knows what what with these birds are. I think birds in since Dolly's passing, let's say this, okay? <laughs> the bird the bird world took note of that. Um and they started doing things a bit differently. That's all I'm going to say. Um, all right, Scotland, thanks so much. Love you. I love you, Scotland. It's been great to talk with you. Talk with all yes. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's move on. Um, actually, hey, look at this. It might the uh the voicemail. Oh, there's a beeping We've light got a on voice the uh, voicemail it's, machine. There's it's just started flashing red. Wow, hold on. Can we dust it off real quick? <laughs> Should I uh, press play stuff on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. press play it. Press play on let's the uh, voicemail. All right, one sec. Hi, I'm a big follower of Blue Men Group. Uh, got a little story you might want to look up. It's about a man who uh, caught a lynx uh, in his chicken house and picked it up by the scruff of the neck. 
<laughs> Just thought you might find that interesting. Okay, keep up the good show. Fantastic. Bye. Wow. Nice. So Wait. our first piece of a uh, uh, we finally can justify the business costs of having that voice that phone line in the mm-hmm. studio. Devin. I just want to break kayfabe here for a second and uh, admit that this is a, a recording of my father who is a fan say. of the show. He sends me articles sometimes that he thinks would be appropriate to cover on Blue Men Group. And I suggested that he send us a, a little voicemail to uh, intro one of the stories that he sent over. Thank yeah, you, thank Ken. you, thank you, Mister Mister Welsh. Sorry, and I so said his that's name. First voicemail respectful. of hopefully many to come. Uh, if you're a listener of the show and you think there's a story we should cover, send us a little audio clip of yourself introing the story to us on Twitter or somewhere else, and uh, we'll throw it in the show. So please, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely send us audio if possible. Uh, just hit me up in the DMs because uh, we can't play audio from Instagram. But ju- just hit me up and we'll figure out how to get your voice onto the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And take um, note of uh, Mr. Welsh's professional uh, considerations. It's a very exactly. short message. It's very exactly. to the point. Yeah. The guy knows how to speak. Follow he's his elo- lead. He's, he's eloquent. He's, um, he knows how to communicate. But hey, this article is absolutely perfect for the show. Mm-hmm. So the headline here is BC, which stands for British Columbia. This is a, a Canadian article from the CBC. Uh, BC farmer grabs lynx by scruff of neck, scolds it for killing chickens. <laughs> yeah, this is an article that it it takes a number of weird twists and turns. Yeah. It's like you get a lot more than you asked for. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. And the headline itself is kind of, you see the headline, you know, like, BC farmer grabs lynx by scruff of neck, scolds it for killing chickens. Hmm. How did they, how is that a news story? Like what, it seems like <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a, it's a news story about a specific action. It's like he grabbed the lynx. Yeah. Um, but a farmer in Northern BC who caught a lynx in his chicken coop on Sunday didn't react the way one might expect. He didn't grab a gun or yell at the wild animal. Instead, Chris Paulson grabbed the lynx by the scruff of its neck, lifted it off the ground and scooped it from the coop. Then he gave it a gentle scolding. Um, he looked he just looked a bit like a kid with its hand in the chocolate chip bag, Paulson told CBC <laughs> News from his home near Decker Lake, west of Prince George. So I kind of gave him a little lecture and then told him he shouldn't come back. Oh, my God. This is extremely Canadian content. It's yeah. like, the, I love it that the uh, the first paragraph's like, he didn't choose to use a gun. No, that's not how we solve things here. We we yeah. like to uh, we we like to you know have a, a gentle conversation and and a little lecture. The lynx had feathers in his mouth. He didn't want to leave without a chicken. Paulson said, "I tried to scoot him out of there, but he was so <laughs> focused on his prey, so I just reached down and picked him up like a house cat does with its kitten. That's how their mothers subdue them when they're getting too rambunctious," he said, "and they just go limp and submissive." That is true. Now, there there is a photo of uh, the Chris Paulson, the farmer, and the lynx. And I must say, like uh, the the face of a lynx looks so much like a cat. Like yeah, it's so obviously, cute. obviously so it is cute. a cat. But I cannot believe how much they look like cats. Yeah, and yeah. in their behavior, they're they're a lot like cats. It's like just a cat that has a little more power to it. Is it yeah. large? Is it's it bigger. a bit larger than a cat? Yeah. It's bigger. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. That's really the only difference between cats is their size. Yeah, it confirms that theory where that if your house cat was the size of a tiger, it would eat you in a second. (laughs) Oh, my God. But if it was the size of a lynx, you could it would would possibly eat your chickens and you could maybe scoop it up and and gently give it a lecture. Yeah. And so um, the article continues. The lynx was so skinny that Paulson and his family decided to leave the two dead chickens with the animal in the bush. So he gave away the chickens that were already dead to the lynx. Uh, That's pretty so nice, nice. Pretty nice guy. Yeah. Paulson estimates I mean, the cat. They, he estimates the cat, which had killed two of his chickens, weighed about 11 kilograms. Um, but uh, interestingly, Paulson uh, acknowledges that the family has lived on the farm on unceded Wet'suwet'en territory for almost a century. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, an interesting uh, kind of woke perspective from yeah. from yeah. this guy that i wouldn't Thank have you, expected mr paulson yeah um 
so the interesting twist here is Paulson's wife, Rachel Van Zanten, is an acclaimed musician who has recorded a children's album about life on the farm, which includes a tribute to Jerry the Rooster. So, uh, which Paulson's is not explained or contextualized in any way. We don't know who Jerry the Rooster is in the article. They just say it's yeah. a tribute to Jerry the Rooster. But, but, but we know that these chickens are they're a very important part of the Paulson Van Zanten family. Yes. And um, according to Van Zanten, one month ago, a great gray owl killed two chickens, Blackie and Den Electro. As Van Zanten tried to come to the chicken's aid, the owl flew at her head, she said. The owl hit me right in the headlamp and left my head tingling, said oh Van Zanten. Oh, my God. So, uh, such a so, weird way to put it. Yeah, so <laughs> these, these chickens are under attack and the whole family, the family's getting hit in the head by owls and... Yeah, it's a crazy, it crazy seems time that, out there. It seems that there is maybe some sort of atavistic or animalistic curse put on them, and the animals are responding to their sort of trespassing into territory that doesn't belong to them. Yeah, the unceded Wet'suwet'en territory. It, it's like a the, this. The article itself kind of it's like a horror movie plot, mm -hmm. you know, or at least the setting for a horror movie where it's like they acknowledge that yes, we're living on unceded territory. <laughs> But ho-hum, let's carry on. Oh, shoot, this owl is attacking the chickens. Ah, it's hitting me in the yeah. head. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, and then, and then a lynx apart. comes. And then the lynx kills the two chickens. And then they, 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 try to, they try to sacrifice the two dead chickens to appease whatever malevolent yep. uh, natural forces are, are attacking them. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, another take here is that Jeff Palm, a conservation officer in nearby Burns Lake, said officials don't condone what happened. No. <laughs> we don't recommend handling a lynx with bare hands. You certainly might lose an arm, Palm told CBC News. Lynx are wild cats, and they can be ferocious. The conservation officer said, while some people may think what happened was preferable to shooting and killing the lynx, it is technically illegal to capture live wildlife and move them to a new location and can result in a fine, Palm said. Oh, my God. Paulson is now serving uh, 25 years yeah. to life in a <laughs> local penitentiary for his handling of the lynx. Um, I, I like that the, the law is presumably on the books to protect the wildlife, but if he was to shoot the lynx and kill it, he would be within his rights. Yeah, very strange. Uh, legal loopholes, legal... Uh, legal bizarre uh, bizarreness here i'd yeah, like to see this conservation officer do anything about it it seems that he's maybe just talking out of his uh, mouth maybe he's just you know he's challenging uh the farmer yeah he's uh, got his probably not going to do anything about it he's got his feet up when he was giving this uh quote i i saw it actually he had his feet <laughs> on the desk both <laughs> of them on yeah uh, actually didn't even have shoes on that's how no. like he's no like whatever either whatever it's like this is covid like links whatever meanwhile the First, farmer is like manhandling wild animals he's like not afraid of anything no yeah he, yeah this guy's all about yeah he's he doesn't set foot outside of his office and he he likes to kind of from his ivory tower make <laughs> yep. make grand pronouncements on how one should deal with a lynx that's killing your chickens yeah but uh we conservation that... for this guy is like conserving energy so he just sits most of the <laughs> yeah. time he doesn't really do much for <laughs> conservation of uh animals or anything like that but i think this is a this is a beautiful addition to our uh animal uh episode this is the animal episode and it's just awesome that um we could we could have a suggestion from devon welsh uh the father of devon welsh mm -hmm. to come in and um give us this little uh Taste of, of Canadian life. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Really great contribution to the show. Ken, you are our listener of the week. Listener which is of the a new week, segment Ken. That we have. <laughs> and uh, you're the first one. And everyone else who's listening, you know, follow his lead. See what you can yeah. do. You Step know, you up. You've got big shoes to fill. Step up. If you want to be the next listener of the week, you need to send in an audio message or send in a news story or something. Interact with us. Come on. Oh, God. We're yeah, I still have it. to. I still have to go to the uh, PO box. I can do that sometime soon and see if there's any mail. Last time there wasn't any mail from anyone. So uh, please, <laughs> if you're if you're interested in writing or responding, you can you can call us with those voicemails, or you can I mean call whatever. Just DM me, and we'll figure out how to get you on the air. But um, also, we will take mail. Uh, and I've said this before. You can send it to. 
P.O. Box 21249, Detroit, Michigan, 48221. But we know that there's we know that there's a, there's listeners out there. I know of listeners uh, who conspicuously have yet to send in any mail or send in any audio messages or anything else. So please do. Yeah, that's it's it's kind of weird and it freaks me out that people aren't sending stuff in. Let's check out our next uh, our next story here. This one hits close to home for John and I. We uh, yeah. both live in the Metro Detroit area. Venomous spiders prompt temporary Michigan library shutdown. (laughs) John, you want to take us through this one? Yeah, this is a pretty interesting story off of the AP wire. um, Mm. It seems that at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, some Mediterranean recluse spiders were spotted in an underground uh, undergraduate library. So in the basement of the the library and on the school's campus. Uh, mm-hmm. Staff at the University of Michigan Library temporarily closed the building after three venomous spiders turned up in a basement storage area. The Mediter- Mediterranean recluse spiders were found in late January, so they must have been cold, in the Shapiro Undergraduate Library on the school's Ann Arbor campus. Now, anyone who's been to university can tell you that the undergraduate library is a bit of a zoo. That's not where you want to oh, go seriously oh, studying. Oh, that was cool. <laughs> I like that, John. That was good. <clears throat> Um, the library reopened Tuesday after being closed Sunday and treated Monday for spiders. Um, it says that, let's see if we can find, because they compare them to the more common in Michigan brown recluse spider, but the Mediterranean, Mediterranean recluses are uh, more reclusive, apparently. That's yeah. kind of the difference. <laughs> they're, they're even more reclusive. Wow. Yeah. So, well, this is, the okay, so I just looked up the, the Mediterranean recluse spider and there is it's a so nasty if, thing. Yeah. If you get a bite from one, okay, you'll get loxocellism. L O X O S C E L I S M. Yeah. Everyone listener, we tell you often to bring out an Atlas or an encyclopedia today. We want you to bring out your medical reference dictionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your Gray's anatomy. Cause Go like your L's, this is disgusting. This, yeah. this spider bite, looking thing is yeah. fucking disgusting you don't want that um you really don't but it's, t- it's it's tissue death you get bit by one of these spiders or the brown recluse and the part of your arm that gets bitten or leg or face or whatever so uh, turns black and dies yeah but john i would say despite this co-occurrence with humans uh for, for millennia you know the the mediterranean recluse spider mm-hmm. there's only been a single report of a human fatality linked to the bite from the species and um it was a case report from 2016 um or no sorry it's totally i was trying to make <laughs> yeah, a sentence incredible sound. spontaneous knowledge recall that you had. <laughs> i know uh, but, hey. but then i mess i mess it up I, my take on this is that, you know, the first thing to remember is that it was in late January in Michigan. So it's freezing cold and these spiders are hanging out in the basement. They're just trying to stay alive. Yeah. Where else are they going to go? Or study. They could be studying. (laughs) Yeah. You don't know if one of these spiders is getting a PhD at the University of Michigan. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, But even if they're not, it's a very, it's a very cold time in Michigan and, um, um, the professor, uh, Professor uh, Anne Danielson Francois, identified one of the adult male spiders because it was caught in a glue trap at the library. So presumably they have these glue traps for exotic spiders all the time set up. And <laughs> yeah. this yeah, professor exactly. goes through and checks them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they find these exo- this exotic spider in the glue trap. The spider <laughs> that's just trying to stay alive in the basement gets caught in a glue trap, presumably killed. Um, it all just doesn't seem fair. Yeah, I agree. No, but it, but it is lucky, if anything, that you have a professor who can identify a, uh, a, a spider because I've gone to Anne Danielson Francois PhD's website at uh, actually U of M Dearborn. Uh, she's an associate professor of biological sciences and a chair in the biological sciences discipline. Her photo has herself holding a huge fucking a huge ass spider. <laughs> it also mm-hmm. says her research areas are animal behavior. So maybe we should have her on as next week's guest to yes. sort of go over all of our animal and manimal behavior stories. Yes, True. that's a very good idea. Um, to quote her, she uh, she talked to the Detroit Free Press. 
you're really unlikely to be in any kind of danger unless you have to be in close contact. But if you're the plumber crawling through a crawl space that has a lot of these spiders, then you could be bit, and that would be concerning. But just walking around the library stacks, it's a very, very low risk. Yeah, just don't worry about it. Don't worry she, about the the Mediterranean recluse spiders she walking around. to soothe the anxious students. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Mediterranean recluse hitchhikes with people throughout oh. the world and has been found in 22 states, Danielson Francois told WJBK-TV. They like caves and can be found in basements and boiler rooms. So these spiders really get around. They hitchhike across the world. Wow. They're kind of, uh, they're sort of global citizens, truth seekers. Uh, Kerouac. You know, yeah, Kerouacian, <laughs> looking right, for the next, the next thrill. And sometimes, you know, when you live that life of risk and mm -hmm. constant travel, sometimes you end up in a glue trap. And that's just, yep. you know, that's how fate works. That's yep. true. From the uh, dawn of democracy in, in Greece, a young yeah. Mediterranean <laughs> spider hitchhikes its way to Ann Arbor <laughs> to get a PhD in... Uh, in the humanities and arts and letters. <laughs> well, and again, it was found in the undergraduate library, so it's not quite oh, working on its PhD yet. It hasn't it's begun true. its thesis work. It's, right. still, it's still undeclared in terms of yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not sure if it's going to continue on and go through graduate school. It's feeling it out. It's talking to some of its friends. Yeah, you change your road. major. You can yeah. change your major something like three or four times in your undergrad career. You never know what this spider is going to choose and like who's its advisor. Like it, it whatever. It's all. Yeah. Is it going anything? to get a scholarship? Is it going to get COVID. a teaching position? You know. I know. Yeah, it's a tough time. I mean, with higher education, you know, with COVID and having to do all these Zoom classes and, you know, who knows how long the spider is going to stick around at the university. Maybe it'll move on to greener pastures. That's true. All right. Well, uh, if you go to University of Michigan or are in the Ann Arbor, Metro Detroit area, please watch out. But you're probably fine, actually. So um, don't don't really unless you're a plumber, in which case, yeah. uh, maybe wear extra long underwear or something. wear two masks, Undershirts. wear two masks. If Check you're a plumber. plumber crack. Yeah. Yeah. Cover uh, your crack if you're a plumber. Otherwise, the spider could bite you. everybody as we uh take this one in for a landing we have a new segment um uh, one of our i mean it's, it could be one of our new favorite segments the human animal of, oh, the, of week. the week so what do we got here who's our human animal of the week ron oh man this guy manimal zuka yes nathan dan zuka he drives a ford explorer that's all you need to know. And he lives in Oregon. <laughs> Enough said. Uh, does anybody have any guesses? I'm looking around. Nope, nobody does. Okay. So Nathan Danzuka, a.k.a. a man in Oregon, might now <laughs> hold the dubious distinction, the highest recorded blood alcohol content level, because cops say that he was a 0.77 during a DUI arrest. So this so, means, if, if you need some translation, the guy yeah, was the guy drinking was a ton. Yeah. Is that like 77%? No, <laughs> that's what I thought when yeah. I first saw it. I was like, wait, his blood was 77% alcohol? alcohol? Uh, but no, it's like, it's like 77 milligrams per 100 milliliters or something like that. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not the same. So it's in, in pretty Oregon... High. It's more than like... It's more than like, uh, like 12 drinks okay. in a short amount of time um the the uh, probably legal probably much more the legal limit is 0.08 yeah so he was he, he's almost he's he's almost at uh, 10 times the legal limit yeah Devin, the highest ever okay wow so um <laughs> in oregon presumably yes yes um cops say danzuka's blood alcohol content was 0.77 percent which is more than nine times, almost 10, as Devin said, uh, the legal limit <laughs> goes without saying his driver's license was suspended. He was taken to the hospital for medical and I hope scientific evaluation. Um, <laughs> he's placed into custody. Uh, cops say criminal charges are pending for the 28 year old motorist. I tried looking him up. Uh, all of his social media is gone. Uh -huh. But um, 
it is re the reported highest ever uh, BAC level, um, surpassing the previous record of 0.72 uh, set in 2007 by a woman, dot, 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 also from Oregon. Oh, my God. So Oregon well, is the place where you drive so drunk that you need to be taken <laughs> to the hospital and you you make records. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I would just like to point out this article's uh, sort of American centrism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that would be. Amerocentrism. Uh, because apparently, and I looked this up, the highest recorded blood alcohol levels, you got to go to po Poland. Oh, yes. Because I, I looked this up on Wikipedia. And in 95, a man from some completely unpronounceable town in Poland Wrocław. <laughs> was a car accident near his hometown. He had a blood alcohol content of 1.48. <laughs> oh he God. was tested five times with each test returning the same reading. He died a few days later. Yeah. Well, of injuries would... from the accident, not from the alcohol uh, poisoning. Yeah. Although I'm sure it didn't help. So that's no. double the limit, right? Imagine that hangover. The like double... four days, a few days afterwards must have been the absolute worst days of his life. Very bad hangover. <laughs> Like yeah. what? What do you do? Like get me a Gatorade. Uh, they probably had to give help. him. They probably had to give him hair of the dog, right? Because you can. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably for, pretty. Yeah, they probably probably did. just pouring vodka on top of them. Like <laughs> it, it's, it's just like at that point, it's fucked. Um, um but yeah, Nathan da Nathan Danzuka is definitely our, our human animal of the week because this guy is just behaving like a complete animal. A man yeah, animal, if you will. And it's a total, reminder total. a reminder that human beings are also of the animal kingdom. And um, uh, we are, of of the animal kingdom, we are most prone to getting uh, very intoxicated. But yeah. by, we are not the uh, only By no animal. means are we the only one, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's, there's many, many, many animals. Yeah, there's one in particular I'm thinking of. Oh, really? Ron, are you... Are you Yes. Have you? Should we maybe talk about uh, our our very special guest this week? Yeah. I would love to, John. Let's so, get right into it. If you remember last week, we uh, discussed a news article that was uh, kind of interesting about a young man named Thomas Ramsey down in Mississippi, MSSISSIPPI, uh, <laughs> who has a pet chicken named Peep, who got uh, like lost on a civil war reenactment no. situation he he he, he, no. he has yeah. a he has a chicken that he brings to civil war reenactments but he had dinner at a cracker barrel that's right and left Pete tied to his truck outside the in the truck. parking lot <laughs> yeah Pete escaped he looked for the chicken couldn't find it and then a uh, a farmer found the chicken in the cracker barrel parking lot and it was safely returned and um so what we did is uh, Ron contacted um, the gentleman owner of the chicken and we got an exclusive interview. Very exclusive. Yeah. Um, um, maybe we should, should we, is there any more info we need to intro that? He was in, um, he was in a study hall. He's currently in high school in Mississippi. Yeah, when we contacted him, he was in study hall. Um, he was using um, Melissa's iPhone. Uh, to contact us, we don't know who that is, but um, he he had uh, an hour or so in study hall. He was in the gym. It looked like when we connected with him, he was around. Uh, he was surrounded by girls. Yep, mm -hmm. and he wasn't studying. I noticed that <laughs> he wasn't he was doing no work. Yeah, uh, it looked like the other students were also just you know goofing off. Yeah, mm -hmm. not but, um, not taking advantage of the the very generous study hour that the school gives them to work on their homework and other studies. That's true, John. So let's get right to it. Let's, uh, let's chat with uh, Thomas Ramsey about his chicken, Pete. Yo, Thomas. Hi. What's up, dog? How's it going, man? Oh, uh, it's decent, man. How about you? I'm doing all right. Uh, so wait, are you at school right now? Yeah, dog. I'm in study hall. Dude, that's, that's hilarious. Study hall? Yeah, dog. Oh my God! Got them lined up out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they know that you're gonna be on like a podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been trying. To, I've been trying to get them to shut the fuck up. No, that's okay. That's all good. So like, let's get right into it. There's been tons of news articles about your chicken. Yes, sir. Peep, 
the chicken or peep the towel? What is it? Uh, you ever seen that episode of South Park where they're, you know, with Tally? Oh, yeah, I know Tally. Yeah, so we said that he got high and wandered off. Peep got high and uh, wandered off, and so he's peeped the towel. That's that's it, yeah. Okay, so, like, did like I, I just wanted, you told me that you were in 310 different news news uh, websites or something, right? Yeah, as of Friday, uh, Cracker Barrel National PR called. And okay. That's what they said. Wow. They so they've been tracking you and and Peep. Are you like working with Cracker Barrel? Uh, I just got that one call. They said they were gonna send me something in the mail and follow up, but I hadn't heard anything else since then. Nice. Um, I wanted to ask a question. Uh, in the article that we read, it talks about it mentions that you suggest that in the Civil War, soldiers would sometimes have animals with them. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you know of any like historical cases of soldiers with chickens? Yes. Um, so, for one, um, in the first Tennessee, uh, I think it was Company A, or maybe it was H. Um, one of those, um, it's written about in Sam Watkins' memoirs and a lot of other people's memoirs from that unit that they had a uh, gamecock that traveled with them. His name was Southern Confederacy, but they na- but they called him Fed. Um, and he was killed in a fight at, uh, I want to say like Camp Cheatham in Tennessee, mm. maybe I think that was it, but, uh, either way, uh, the camp got raided by, fe- by federals that night and, uh, they le- left him cooking over the fire. So I thought that was oh, okay, wow. but I mean, so they didn't that, get like, to eat see pictures of them every now and then. Huh. Very cool. And, the, and it's, it was for companionship primarily. Or was it for food as well? Uh, not really for food, or not really for either. It's for the sport, because cockfighting was, like, huge at that time. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. So then, right, right, right. And have you ever done cockfighting with Peep? Uh, not intentionally. Like, I've had a new rooster and put it in with him, and he just kicked the shit out of it. But other than that... <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we got him drunk, and he kicked the shit out of my buddy Jonas's dog. Gave him, like, a whole Wait. bowl of rum. How'd you get the chicken drunk? Put rum in a bowl and he'll drink it. (laughs) Wow, just pure rum, not even, not watered down or anything. Oh, no, Uh, straight Bacardi White. Wow. Did did you know that, do do, do a lot of chickens drink? (laughs) Not that I know of, but that one does. Yeah. So you have like a real special, so was, was Peep drunk when you lost when peep went out for a run or like i know the jokes that peep was was high but like high on bacardi or no nah, uh he was probably just hung over i don't know how long it stays in the chicken system but like i mean right. the night before we had him on all kinds of stuff but uh, yeah but like what uh we had him puffing cigars um <laughs> couple other things that i'm not going to mention here for legal reasons okay and, uh, oh, okay, okay yeah, yeah. fair enough <laughs> see, <laughs> see. <laughs> that's awesome okay well damn like i want to i it would be fun to maybe uh hang out with peep sometime like partying or something like uh my birthday's coming up it would be almost fun to have like um have a few drinks with peep. I know that we have to do it like over zoom, but like maybe someday we can come down there, but, um, shit, I'm going to be up y'all's way soon. I think I'm looking oh, at yeah? the first day of Iowa. So. Uh, oh, oh yeah. cool. Hawkeyes. Yeah. You should, you should, you should move to Iowa for sure. Yeah. Do nothing. Sit in the corner. What are you going to, are you going to study history? Is that your thing? Uh, no, um, I'm doing theater. Theater. Oh, cool. Very cool. Sir. That's awesome. You're a thespian. Uh, yes, sir. I've got four films releasing this year. Uh, wow. Do you recite stories? Do you like read to Peep at all? Or like, what, what? how do you engage with Peep? Like, what is Peep doing right now while you're at school? How, like, take me through your day when you go back home to go see Peep. Like, how is Peep going to spend the rest of his well, day? I only feed Peep about twice a week because I want to, when I go to reenactments, I don't usually have a lot of food. And I don't want him to be overly reliant on me. I want him to be able to hmm. find his own food. So hmm. I try not to give him too much because they don't really need a whole lot. Hmm. Um, but he's he's in a pen with his hen right now. Um, I only have one hen for him. Um, when I get home, I'll probably bring him inside, 
if I'm feeling it, I'll give him a drink. Um, <laughs> if I go, how often does he drink? Uh, about every day. <laughs> <laughs> he gets fed. He gets fed twice a week, but then he has a drink every day or a few. Yeah, a few I mean, drinks. You need to drink every day if you got fed twice a week. Yeah, that's how these no, I, sweat shop workers survive, bro. <laughs> Yeah, th- yeah, yeah, that's true, man. That's uh. It's also unclear if Peep is aware or not that he's in a reenactment. So maybe he's drinking to sort of relieve, alleviate the stress of being in a battlefield. Yeah, uh, multiple yeah. times in a month. I don't know. I know he's done trip when he was like in battle, like because the first one I took him to, he we didn't know that he was going to be as chill as he was, and uh, my color bearer was carrying him because we were the color company, and uh, this guy goes down, um. And people's in a bag on his side. So he gets out of the bag, and I'm like, oh, shit. Because I'm, like, orderly. So I'm in the rear of the line, you know, mm-hmm. making sure everything's okay. And I look back, and Pete's just doing circles around him. Um, hmm. Was he drunk? Really shit. No, he, <laughs> we'd not started him on it yet at that okay. point. Uh, it was actually that night that we gave him his first drink later that night on the beach. Um <laughs> That sounds so beautiful. Yeah, it was wild, <laughs> but uh, I went back to get some ammo off the guy that had gone down because we were running low, and uh, I was taking that back up, and I looked back, and he just followed me up to the column. Nice. So he wow. knows. Peep, Peep, Peep knows. You, it sounds like you and Peep have a special bond. Yeah, he's chill. Um, How does he smoke cigars? You just put it in his mouth, and he'll puff it. Or inhale it. <laughs> he inhales without lips. He can puff. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. I guess he would have to inhale it, but I don't know. I know that he just blows smoke out. <laughs> oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty incredible. All right, well, it's been. Are there Dev or John? Do you have any other uh, any other yeah. questions for um, Thomas? I'm good. Yeah. Thomas, how long have you been doing reenactments? Uh, about eight years now. And how long have you had Peep? Uh, about a year. I found him last summer. Where did you find him? On the roadside, just three miles from the closest house. Smoking a cigar. Was- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was sitting there with the black and mild asking me for some change. <laughs> <laughs> so you found Peep when he was wandering off. Yeah. So he has a penchant for wandering. Yeah. Okay. Well, it seems like you and Peep have a great uh, relationship. Are you going to be bringing Peep with you to college? Are you guys going to go drinking on, like, have Greek life or whatever? Well, see, since he's I, since I he's can, such a if uh, I can season. get him in, I'd love to. Like, I'm because I have anxiety. I'm thinking about getting him. Like, see what the certifications for a service animal are. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That if you need, yeah, we. I would love to follow that. That would be fun to keep an eye on. We'll we'll be interested in that. And yeah, do you? I wonder if Peep has to apply to Iowa, like the college. Yeah. Or like SATs. You don't have to do those anymore, right? Those are out. Do what? SATs. Do you have to take those anymore? Uh, I don't know if you have to, but I took mine. Yeah? What'd you get? Shit, like. I don't know, like 1100 or something. I don't remember. It's been like two years ago. I know I was in like. I- Okay. I did so I got a once I took it my first I took it to like twice I took it the first time I got like a 1080 or something it was so bad I just kind of like gave I, I wasn't really paying attention the most of the time yeah it's and I nice turned out cool so take it. they'll like select us and pull us out so whoa it was like one of the 10 all right man well, this has been fun talking with you. And uh, do you want to let everybody know about your podcast? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a podcast with my friend Hayden Young out of El Paso. Um, it's called The Wellerman's Waiting Room. We're on Spotify and a couple other places. I do it off Anchor, so it just kind of automatically posts. I don't really know where all it is, but uh, we just mm-hmm. shoot the shit, talk about sea shanties, life, this and that. Hell yeah. That's awesome, Thomas. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of study break to talk to us. And uh, yeah, and I think we got a few a few of our listeners to follow you on, and Peep on Instagram. Uh, do you want to let us know what that uh, Instagram is? Yeah, yeah, Peep underscore the underscore towel. He just passed me up in followers like <laughs> last week. Hell yeah! 
All right, man. Awesome. Good luck. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thomas, uh-huh. do your easy, homework, dude. man. All right. Thanks, bro. All right. Bye. Thomas Ramsey, everybody. Wow. I'm I'm excited to uh, keep an eye on his career, right? Am I right, guys? Um, he's an yes. actor, as he said. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. Thanks, Thomas. Uh, peep. I don't know. Drink some water, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's jump into our numbers, everybody. We have to look at these numbers. This is something we do every episode. We like to uh, see if there's anyone listening to the podcast. Um, sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. We're looking. Sometimes for- it's live and people are listening in as we record because mm-hmm. there's a there is a, a radio broadcast that a lot of people don't realize. That's true. So we're we're. Uh, um- We had a good week. We, we had, had a good, good week, week, you guys. Give us the numbers, Ron. Let's hear it. All right. Yesterday's downloads, 13. Nice. Last seven days, 191. Nice. Oh, yeah. Last 30 days, 560. Wow. Damn. All-time downloads, 1,459. And it looks like versus the previous 14 days, we're up by 41%. Yes, we are. Okay, so (laughs) I think the goal last week was to get 86 listens. Mm -hmm. We got 20 more than that. We had 106 first week listens on last week's episode, if that makes any sense to you. People are finally listening to our message. All right, people, you're Finally doing connecting. it. You're doing a good job. You're spreading the word. You're sharing it with your friends. You're sharing it with your family. But we need you to do more, okay? We're up. <laughs> we're up. We, we, we beat last week's expectations. We're up 41% over the That's previous huge. 14 days. But, but we need to keep going. And on, on the other side of the coin, we are down now more than we have. Yes, John, I like Our that trough idea. is much lower. Yep. Yeah, yeah we, that's we, true. This is the thing. We can't let that, like... Now that we've reached 41% uh, increase over 14 days, like it's going to be embarrassing for us if it yeah. dips below that 41%. Mm-hmm. We should be aiming for 41 to 50%. We're addicted episode. to seeing that arrow go up and be green. I exactly. need to see it every week. EOE, episode over episode. I want to see above 40% increase on each episode. Can we do it? I don't know. It's going to be tough, but I believe... No, I just said I don't know if we can do it. But, but um, I believe in the listener to pound the pavement and proselytize on our behalf and get this episode into people's ears. Yeah, it's like it I, looks it looks like what's happening with our lower trough right now is that more and more people are listening right away. They're not mm. downloading and listening later. They're downloading as soon as the episode comes right. out. Right. Which wow. you know what that means. I have it's to very get it good. Out. <laughs> it's very good, but it means that they aren't sharing and forcing other people to listen to it mm-hmm. throughout the week. Yeah, yeah. throughout yeah. the week. So this is a little tip or trick that I, I've thought <laughs> of. Uh, if you're hanging around your parents or whatever, I've told, I've said this kind of before, like show them what podcasts are, okay? Put Press play on their thing. If, mm-hmm. if, you want, if you know that they're not even gonna listen, just turn the volume all the way down, but make sure yeah. it's still playing. We'll take, listen, the analytics don't lie, okay? The numbers, it, we don't, it doesn't count who's listening. It just counts yeah. a listen. So uh, yeah. just play it while you sleep. It doesn't matter. You play it if a few times. If you need times. to tell your parents or your grandparents that um, this is podcast is a child or grandchild simulator. Yeah. And yeah. that if they play it in the room, it's like having a phone call from their progeny. Yeah, and exactly. It will lull them into, you know, some kind of state of contentment contentedness some something like that but yeah listener i think this is uh this is good we're doing our job tell your friends please don't forget to rate us on uh apple Podcasts. that one helps a lot actually uh mm-hmm. five stars and then a funny little review um yeah and that's that's about it but please give us uh some 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 
call, uh, calls or something. And <laughs> reach, um, reach out and touch us. us. Yeah, yeah, reach out and touch us. Um, send us mail. P.O. Box 21249, Detroit, Michigan, 48221, United States of America. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.